guys ready? Here we go. <laughs> Welcome back to Teaching with the Body and Mind. I'm here with Mike. Hey. Joey. Hi, Tom. And Ross. Hi, Tom. So I've been looking over a book I've read before. It's called The Body Has a Mind of Its Own by Sandra and Matthew Blakesley. And I really want it to be called The Hands Have a Mind of Their Own. I know. That would be a, that would be another book, but that's... <laughs> <laughs> it's a secret. It's a follow-up. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Go ahead, Tom. So anyway, there was, there, was a, there was a part of the book that I was really interested in, and it talked about, um, we would call it personal space, and they called it peripersonal space, which is a bio-neurological term. And it has to do with the, the space that goes beyond your body. And it's usually, they talk about it as the space that's at arm's length, wherever you can reach. Mm -hmm. And you uh -huh. can feel inside that space. Mm. You, in fact, you need to feel inside that space. Here, think about this. If you're sitting somewhere and somebody comes up behind you, you hear the footsteps. Mm -hmm. and what's your reaction as they're coming towards you? You can actually mm -hmm. feel it physically, right. even though they're not touching you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you almost like your skin kind of tightens yeah. and. Mm -hmm. Especially if it's an unknown. Yep, and you usually kind of move away in response a little bit mm -hmm. when you hear it mm -hmm. coming. So that's the kind of space I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. And the reverse is true because then if you hear them retreating, then you start you to. You kind of relax. You kind of relax. But I'm thinking too, even with that, when. Also, because I just unintentionally walk very quietly, I can get close to people without them necessarily noticing me and right. all of a sudden they're like you you have that sense somebody's looking like somebody's uh -huh. looking at me or someone's close to me right now and you can just sense it so yeah. i think there's that feeling of what oh hi and i was like sorry i was just going to get a stapler you know don't mind me and but i think there's that you have that feeling even when you're not totally aware that right. there's somebody right. in that right. bubble there's someone who's now entered your and yeah, actually, space. they call it a bubble space. Yeah, and it's it's in I I, I think it's probably important to develop, and it's important for children to develop it. Mm -hmm. Now, last week we talked about kids bumping into each other, and you mm -hmm. you, you think about them trying to learn about their peri personal space. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the way they do it. They have a much different. It isn't developed yet, mm -hmm. but they're developing right. it. Right. Did the book talk at all about that? It's cultural too. Your your yes. your tolerance of Exactly. Proximity. Yep. Yeah. And they're learning that culturally too in our in our mm -hmm. in our care. So some places it's okay to get really close, and some places it's not so good to get really close. Right. Although for young children, I'm always amazed at how close they get oh, to they're each so other. Oh, so close. They're, yeah. always, they're almost always in contact with each other. Right. Mm -hmm. So their their peripersonal spaces are mixing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're which, on top of each other. Which would make sense, though. I mean, because as hopefully as an infant, they've been close yeah. and connected right. so it would be the probably what feels most comforting is to have somebody you really care about whether that's a, a parent a uh -huh. caregiver a teacher but also your peers yeah i yeah. want to be close yeah. really close to you so that that space probably feels more nurturing and safe when you're actually like when you see the kids trying to add book you know when you're reading books are sitting on top oh, of yeah. each other <laughs> oh, it's yeah. also why we you know when you work in this field you have kids cough in your face constantly yeah. because they're from about two inches away. From, yeah, it's from two inches that's away. The, that's the, how close they need to be to tell you yeah. what they built with Legos. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 So something you just said, Ross, made me think that um, the peri personal space or the personal space will will be defined by where you're at. So if we're in a really 
in a yeah. really tight room. Yeah. We'll change it. That that yeah. peripersonal space will get smaller and like, smaller. Like an elevator. You, like right you know. here. Like right here yeah. in the studio. Yeah. I was going to say, if we were talking to each other anywhere else, we would be a yep. few feet or, farther away. Yeah, waiting in line like a DMV, you're going to tolerate mm-hmm. the stranger being close to you that you wouldn't if right. you didn't have to. Think about an airplane. Don't I'm make me. In those little seats. Don't I'm actually me. thinking of like the, the subway in, in Seoul, South Korea, or in Tokyo, where there's jobs... Of people push who people. push people in, and you are just, you are body to body as much as you can get in there. I'm guessing that, you know, but if you live and that's your daily commute, you just know, yep, I'm going to be pushed up about with six or seven other strangers just touching me right now, and that's just how I got to get to work every day. Right. So your comfort and the cultural expectation or kind of what just what it is is going to be like well yeah this is what life is right yeah. or again the context because yeah. i don't know if, if you get pushed into your own apartment because there's because it's too small of a space but in the in it's, the subway sure right, right right and for that matter the cultural thing too what i think of in america most people you go into an elevator and you don't face the person yeah everyone know? turns to everyone, face the door everyone has to face the door and you could face a different way but, it's, but that's also how you tolerate that adjustment you tolerate, of your carry person exactly. space i mean it's and on the subway smaller. you don't look at people do you know what i mean like, right in, yeah. in new york you know like if you're you have to hold the strap and there's a person sitting and you're standing right above them yeah and you don't look in each other's eyes no you just pretend you are not you have a really big space bubble. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. Imagine, imagine, right? And you just pretend. Because and if you do make eye contact and you hold it for a few, more than a few seconds, it's like people are going to start swearing at each it's other. G- you know, it's like <laughs> well, I was saying, or like going into the elevator. If someone just walked in and kept facing you, yeah, it's yeah. going to make everybody else, even if you're not the one engaged <laughs> right, in the right. staring contest, everyone else is going to get this. Isn't right. This isn't what we do. This isn't right. how you do this. And it starts to. That period, that guessing that space would then change quite dramatically. Yeah, yeah. And comfort, interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so how do kids, I mean, obviously kids learn it and, cha- you know, cultural things in general, they kind of often learn by watching and seeing what reaction they get. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think as you get older, there's less tolerance for you being two inches away mm-hmm. from your right. an adult's face. Well, you know, one of the things I took from it is is it's important to know where you are in space. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Where are you and where is my body in space? And, you know, I talked about sitting on the airplane, but I was really paying attention at this last trip I took of walking through the airport. And if you uh, and you watch people and they're coming from all different directions and they don't bump into each other. How is that? In fact, I'm walking down the concourse and I'm looking and people are coming at me. And we have to decide who's going, who's going to go which way and who's going to go. Right. And maintain probably a certain tolerable amount. I mean, you're probably compromising it, but part of how no one's bumping yeah. is also that it's like, okay, well, I was going to pass that person, but I'd have to touch them. So I won't. Right. You know, right. I mean, there's probably some of that calculus. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm wondering if it develops at different rates in kids too, because because um, there's kids who become... I don't know if you guys have experienced this. Some kids become very upset yep. when their peripersonal space is invaded. Sure. Right, right, um, right. You know, and they're not necessarily wrong. I mean, culturally, right? <laughs> they're probably representing the cultural norm right. of wanting space around their body, but their their response is biting or hitting. Well, or or, or just uh, I don't know, or indi- indignation. Tears. Yeah, yeah. And then there's the kids who don't he know tu- yet. He touched me. That they're you know <laughs> like so two kids will be literally sitting next to each other, and the third finds like a crack. 
between the two who are yeah, literally yeah. sitting next to each other decides that's where they're going to sit. Yeah. You know, and it's just such a range, I think, yeah. of probably just comfort in people, but I also wonder if in development in children. And, and then that's where you get problems because, yeah. like you said, Mike, that's where you invaded my peripersonal space. I... I then right. have the right to hit you, yeah. you know, or, or I mean, you're right, <laughs> right. Well, or yeah. push you out of it, <laughs> yeah, or yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the response. And is... you know, thinking about it too, is kids are still developing their proprioceptions, like where yeah. their body ends anyway. So they might choose a seat thinking their whole body is going to fit there, and it's not even wide enough for their body, let alone any bubble. And you know, right. So I was, I was also thinking, you know, the uh, it's analogous that this airport idea yeah. of yeah. crossing it's analogous to a playground uh-huh mm-hmm. <clears throat> because kids are always moving in different directions and yeah i'm surprised there aren't more collisions uh-huh i was just thinking this as you're talking about that that was the the discussion from last week uh talking about running and how do you navigate that that you need the practice to really do it i mean i think that's the times where children the older they get they seem to be able to more nimbly and more uh, acutely move between one another and kind of do that dance. And I'm thinking it almost ends up looking like that murmuration of mm-hmm. fish or birds mm-hmm. when they're yeah, all yeah. flying. No one's saying, all right, everybody left, everybody. Yeah. They, but they travel and you can just see, okay, because we've also all encountered the weird, I'm walking on a sidewalk, I'm going left, no, you're yeah. going left, and we're getting stuck in this right, dance. Right. But it, if you understand where and how your body is where it is in space, I think there's that ease of navigating and moving around. And there are going to be those times when children get it wrong. You know, part of the way they learn is by getting Mm -hmm. hurt. I'm just thinking of a kid who, so we were at a park. So there was a a lot of space. This one kid was trying to get a game of, I think, chase going on. He's like, hey, hey, you guys. And he's turned, like, sort of walking backwards, like, Mm -hmm. facing all the kids. Like, hey, you should come chase me. And he turns around. And while he's doing, he's sort of walking he is now like 16 inches away from a tree and then he turns and starts running full speed mm-hmm. into the tree. And it was just that thing of, I mean, I watched it and thinking we have to tell the parents that their son ran into a tree. I mean, he was like, you know, just bloody nose and, you know, and it was just that thing of mm-hmm. he's eventually going to get much better at this. Right. But the truth is, is that there are times, and of course, kids walk into doorways, they walk into the edges of tables, four-year-olds, right, five-year-olds, because yeah. they're still figuring this out. Mm-hmm. You know, a time that but, I find yeah. that they really struggle with this peripersonal space, it, when we're getting ready to transition to going inside from outside, possibly out, outside from inside, it really doesn't matter, but there's a door that's closed and they have to yes. wait for it to be open. Oh, my goodness. And unlike an adult in the elevator, <laughs> or, or, you know, like, they get up to the door... And there's might be somebody in front of them who got there ahead of them. And then the next person gets up to the door and they don't keep the peripersonal space between them and the person. Yeah, yeah. No they up. all just keep going They're to the door. They're focused on the door. They're focused on the door and that's the goal. And so they all must get and they just basically smash. And then into the, door the door opens in, and then right? They so then they have to, have to move out of the way for the door to open. But before that, they're very upset because yeah. they've all been smashed by each other while waiting to get to the door, and yet they don't—they don't have the developmental ability to keep the space between them. Right. Like, oh, here, to keep my space bubble around while we wait at the door because we're all going to get to go through. Mm-hmm. Nor do they like. There are very few who think, "I'm not going there today. I'll wait back here." They—they mm-hmm. they don't. Right. Every day, they there's keep a few doing I will tell. I will because they—they may have a much harder. I say, "Oh, you." wait back there because I know they're going to smash everybody harder than they want to be. But it's just a fun, it's a phenomenon that, that they they cannot maintain it like an adult. They can't, that, that whole idea but, of even adjusting to uh-huh. just be closer. Right, they can't right. do it. 
I think that's an interesting. It's, it's a very in an elevator to see what happens. <laughs> right? What? They'll smash. They will. Mm-hmm. I think it's a very concrete or kind of real example of what lack of perspective taking <laughs> is. So, in, yeah. like, I think when so this would be something for people who maybe the develop child development isn't their world, or you're like, but I don't. Why don't they get it? It's right. Because I want the door. I need to get out of there. Right. I need to get she to said, the door. She said, "Meet me at the door." That's I'm the getting door. as close as right. I can. I'm I'm disregarding <laughs> everybody else around me. Right, because I Cause need to get to the door. Because you focus on one thing and yeah. the one thing. And so I think it's something like if this would be a great example to use for later to help parents or other teachers, new teachers or people who maybe just don't understand that. What do you what is what do you mean they're egocentric? It's like that. Right. That, that there's is an example. there's an example of like I I want to get to the door. Everybody else out of my way. I'm just going to keep moving in, not aware of even the six inches that are non-existent between right. the people in yeah. front of me. So, so, so what's happening is, if you're going to the door, you're kind of funneling the kids right yeah. there. It's not like you're in the playground where there's lots of different right. space, right, right. and they're actually able to have a certain modicum of very personal space, yeah, yeah. so they don't, aren't knock, knocking into each other. Yeah. So in a way, it's partly our fault. Oh, yeah. Design flaw. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Design flaw, because yeah. we're, we're trying to get them all into this funnel. So giving them an, the actual space they're going to, whatever it is. So I'm thinking there's a door that from, we have more than one playground. One of the playgrounds <laughs> where there's like a, it's not really a step, it's more like a, a landing, you know mm-hmm, what I mean? Like mm-hmm. So it's like six foot wide, maybe long. You know, so telling them to go onto that would make sense. So I, I was right, just rather than I was, meet me at the door, rather than right. at the door. Right. Yeah. I was thinking that uh, I, I remember if we, if we were in transition and we were going someplace else, I would say the kid who was ready first. If there's more than one teacher, uh, would you take them first? Right. And then, oh yeah. And yeah. we'll just right. we'll just kind of meter it rather than trying to get them all right. At once right. And, right. Oh yeah. No, no. I think it's a rookie mistake when you bring 18 kids to a door. I mean, right? right? Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I used to teach by myself, and we had so we had this entryway, and the entryway was tiny, like everything else in that school. So it's just like, okay. Let's go to the entryway and the entry, but there was the, what I called the teacher crease. So it was really just the, like the mat mm-hmm. in front of the door. So that was where I got to go. The <laughs> teacher crease. So like, you got like to, you had, you know, a oh, crease. You had a definition of your parent. So they space. knew, yeah, that mat is, that's where Mike goes. <laughs> But, but it's a very clear but line. But it was actually right where yeah. the door was. Like it, yeah. it was a very clear line and they totally got it. Yeah. yeah. I've got a, I've got a big question that's kind of popped in. I don't know if we have time to kind of unpack right now, but I wonder, thinking kind of what we were discussing earlier, that idea that infants are hopefully receiving that close mm-hmm. yeah, personal yeah. touch and that, that feels comforting, it feels good, it feels safe, and that with friends, that's why, you know, yep. a very young age. And then we, the adults, are saying, nope, you don't need that. You need more space. And they don't need more space. So are we doing oh. a disservice? Yeah. Right, 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 or are right. we changing right. culture well, because we think that's what they want? Or that's what right. we're We're definitely where they're learning culture. Absolutely. So I mean, it's like, yeah. but I wonder, I just, it's now I'm thinking yeah. like, if we were to not tell someone, oh, that's too close. That's too, right. They'll tell you how close is too close mm-hmm. right. because, and we can read it on children's face when they're like, you're touching me and you're okay. That's bothering them. But if you're friends, yeah, you you could be right. wearing the same lap. t-shirt. Yeah. Like, <laughs> right, right. That's yeah, fine. <laughs> And but that would be comfortable. So I'm wondering, mm-hmm. are we taking something away from children and their emotional need, their safety, and their physical, physical and intimacy, that physical, yeah. Yeah, right? yeah, nice, nice. That's I think I think nice. yeah. I think that that's a great place to leave it and mm-hmm. maybe pick up this conversation again. 
because maybe that, without knowing it, that's where I would have liked us to go. You didn't that want to talk really about doors great. all the time. What? I didn't want to talk about doors all the time. It was really great. So, so thanks. Thanks for the conversation. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Teaching with the Body and Bond. We'll be back again next week with another episode. Music is by Big Wheel Popcorn.